This is the Elite Development Podcast, a show with the aim of helping athletes evolve in every element of their careers through real-world advice and experience. I'm your host, Kenny Dussault. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in Calgary, Alberta, with a singular focus on building better athletes. And now, let's get to the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. This week, I'm joined by another one of my athletes, Mike Rowe. Mike started karate at the age of six at the Cheney Karate Studio in Red Deer. I'm not sure I pronounced that right. Uh, by age 13, he earned his junior black belt, competing at every tournament he could enter, including the 2010 World Martial Arts Games and the 2011 WKC Championships. He's now the part owner of Lacombe Karate and Kickboxing, chasing the dream of competing in the UFC. He's also a massive advocate for kids joining martial arts due to the benefits of discipline, respect, and mental toughness that it builds. Mike, man, great having you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So the first thing, you know, I know obviously you're a lifelong martial artist, like you've been doing this stuff forever. And just, you know, even in our talks, I can always tell, you know, how much this sport means to you and just everything that you put into it. Can you start with just sort of how did that develop for you? You know, was that just like right when you were a kid, that was just, you knew this was going to be a thing forever or how did that go? Uh, Well, as a kid, um, I, I always think back to this story. My dad always tells me uh, before I even started karate, I guess. Um, I don't remember. I was so young, but um, I guess I was always jump flying around the house throwing kicks even before I even started karate. And my dad always said to my mom, we're going to put him in martial arts. We have to put him in martial arts. And martial arts wasn't always, you know, at first the lifetime thing that it's become, but um that perseverance, dedication, and that love and passion just kind of came along. And, um, here we are, I mean, 25 going on 26, uh, still chasing the dream. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, so you said it wasn't just like an immediate, you know, lifelong love, but as well, obviously the, you know, that journey is different for everybody. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, over the years, like, were there times that you wanted to quit? Were there times that, you know, you decided this like wasn't for you? And then just how did you kind of come past that and then continue, continue on the path? Right. So my very first instructor is very traditional old school martial arts. So, I mean, for me, starting out at six years old with that discipline and that, you know, teaching that respect, and I was a wired kid. Like I had energy bouncing off the walls. I barely paid attention. I was always the kid in trouble doing push-ups on the side. I, there was times where I would go home and, um, I would sit in the bathtub after class and I wanted to quit because I was tired of being the kid doing push-ups on the side because I was always in trouble. I was then I mean, now older, I understand it because I wasn't paying attention. And, um, so that kind of, you know, I wanted to quit a lot when I was really young, like it was really tough at the start. Um, but I kept going, I kept going and eventually I I just, it's like there was something inside that just clicked and it was, um, things started to get easier for me. Um, and I don't know if that, I mean, that comes with just, the time and sticking in it. Right. So many people will drop out within, you know, the first two years, right. They like, um, for example, like out of my original class, I am the only one left. I am the only one that got a black belt. I am the only one. Um, and that's says a lot, uh, also about, you know, everything that I was, that I've achieved in martial arts has been earned. Nothing has been given to me. I have had to, you know, put my head down and work for everything that I, that I have. My instructor never gave me anything. I earned it. And, you know, I think that's a part of that becomes such a, that passion because it's like, I earned this. This is me. This is who I am. Everything in this life is earned. Nothing is given to you in this world. You have to go out and earn it. And I mean, I think that's a great metaphor for life in itself, right? metaphor something I can never remember but uh great analogy to describe life in itself but uh can you talk a little bit when you were that young kid and you were kind of coming home you know wanting to quit was it just parents sort of saying nope you're sticking this out or like how did that 
you know, what was it that made you keep going through all those times that you wanted to quit? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it was a little bit like my parents were, um, they definitely were like, no, like my dad was always like, like you have this gift. He's always, day one, my dad has kind of been the one that's like, you have this gift, you have a gift for this. And I mean, when you're that young, you don't see that you're just, you know, I'm just a kid doing a sport. Right. I'm just, you know, um, and you know, my parents, um, definitely, you know, kind of kept me in it and definitely, you know, pushed me along a little bit. And it seemed like there was several times where, um, I remember this one time in particular, I was about to quit. And I remember that night I was going to tell my instructor that I was taking a break and I was going to see how it went. And it was that night. I didn't get a chance to tell him before class started at the end of class. He put me up for belt test. Let's just say I kept my mouth shut and never said a word. It, it just, it, we just, we just rolled on. And, um, and I think once I finally got, I fell in love with competing. And once I started getting a taste of what it's like to compete and to win, it was like, I, I just craved it. It's like, you know, even now, like, it's just like, I like winning. It's like, I crave that. It's like, you know, and, and I mean, you can't win all the time, but I mean, you just, you crave that. It's like that, that just kind of pushes you that much harder when you're training that, you know, that thought of, uh, that mental aspect of, you know, having your hand raised or, you know, winning that trophy or winning that medal, whatever it may be. Yeah. I mean, I can fully see that just, you know, knowing you and working with you, you know, even, even when you're just training, you know, there's always that drive to go a little bit harder, to do a little bit more, to make sure that you're pushing yourself that little bit harder. And like, I can tell that, you know, competing is all you ever want to do. And even in that bio that you sent me, right. Joining every tournament you could possibly enter. That was like, that was right in there. And I can see, because again, I think that's one of the keys for athletes in any sport, right? The desire to compete, the desire to win, the desire to always improve. Um, and that's something that's going to carry through to success in anything you're doing. But can you talk about those first few tournaments? You know, the first couple of times you did compete, you know, how did those go for you? Obviously it was a love, but you know, was there anything in particular about it that stuck out to you? (laughs) Uh, I actually, I remember my very, very first tournament and um, it was a small tournament in Sylvan Lake, Alberta. And I was, a yellow belt at the time. And, um, at this, I remember at this stage, I made it to the gold medal match in point spark. Um, so, I mean, more of a, there's a light contact, more sport like than say more something like kickboxing or MMA. But, uh, and I made it to the gold medal match and I ended up sparring against this girl who just towered over me. Like I, I, I would have liked to see her birth certificate because she, <laughs> she towered over me, but, and she, she kicked my butt. <laughs> like she just handed it to me. And I remember I got second and I left and I, I was that, from that moment on that little, that little sour taste of like, I just got my butt handed to me. And I was like, like I, I, that was one of the things I was like, I got to go back again. I got to get this one back. I got to get this one back. And, um, and then that just kind of set me up for, to, to continue competing. I just, I I love the, the feeling of that, that rush of like, you know, you're nervous, you have anxiety or, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You can only control so much. There's, you know, but that, that makes you feel alive. And it was that it's almost like, you know, that, that rush of adrenaline, you know, and you're just having fun and you're doing a sport that you love that when you're able to compete with it, that's the beauty of it. I mean, it doesn't matter what sport it is, whether it's hockey, football, baseball, you know, whatever it may be, it's that, that, you know, and you got the crowd in there, you know, people cheering you on, whatever, and you get that, just that rush. And that's, that's all part of it. I love every, I mean, every aspect of it. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, it's, 
you know, it's always interesting to see different people's attitude towards competing, right? The ones who kind of get a little bit of anxiety before they're going out versus the ones who it's just like, it's all adrenaline and it's all just go, go, go. Yeah. Uh, but what I liked about what you said there was, you know, you came out of this first tournament, you got your butt handed to you and the initial reaction was, I've got to get that back. Cause I think yeah. especially, you know, nowadays you see it all the time. I know I've seen it with kids I've worked with before and I'm sure you've seen it before uh, owning the studio as well is kids that, you know, don't succeed right away. And then immediately they go to an excuse for why they lost, or they go to, well, this just isn't for me. And they, you know, they're out. So was there anything you think that made you go the other way that made you go, man, like I lost, but I got to get right back at it. I got to, you know, I got to get better and I got to do this again, instead of going that other way of trying to find a reason why you lost. You know what I mean? Right. I think, that's just, so to speak, the competitive nature that just that lives inside of me. I mean, um, I also growing up, I have a brother that's 11 years older than me. And so growing up, I mean, we always had the, we had this, we had, so me and my brother, we had this foam WWE belt that we got when we went to WWE years ago. And him and I used to, he used to just toss me around on the trampoline. Like we'd do all the wrestling moves. He'd put me in a stone cold stunner, you know, all, all that. And I think that's part of it too. Like he, you know, just that being, you know, constantly almost, you know, beat up by your older brother that you just kind of, you know, um, it just, fuels it it's like you know hey i'm tired of being the one on the receiving end of this i want to be the one on the handing out end of it it's time to give a little bit of punishment too <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's uh and i mean just the competitive thing it doesn't matter like even now i could be at the gym on a treadmill and there could be some guy six treadmills down and i'm glancing over and if he starts going faster i'm going faster I, you want to go longer? I'm going longer. I'm competing with this guy and he doesn't even know it. And it's just like, no, you're not, you know, or one guy's like, you know, Oh, he does 10 reps and I'm like, oh, no 12, you know, this is, it's just, that's just that, how competitive I am. I mean, even everyday things, sometimes it's, I compete in anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was actually talking to uh, another strength and condition coach that coaches some, uh, works with some NHL players and some Olympic athletes in the off seasons. And he was talking, you know, the thing that separates them, the thing that, you know, he believes allows them to succeed over, you know, the ones that don't make it there. One of the main aspects he talked about was the competitive nature. The way he put it, which really made me laugh was uh, whether it's something we're doing in the gym, whether it's something he's doing on the ice or whether we're just playing hide and seek this guy wants to win. <laughs> totally. 100%. 100%. And so I even, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I even, uh, I even compete with myself day to day in my job as a heavy duty mechanic. I'm like, okay, well I did this job in two hours last time. I'm going to do it in an hour and a half this time. I love it, man. That's like, I think that's a, good kind of drive and i mean it does set you apart right like you've got a different kind of attitude with the approach to sport and i think that's a huge part of it can you talk about like do you have any thoughts on kids that maybe don't have that as naturally ingrained in them if they are trying to you know move up the levels in sport they are trying to improve themselves if they don't have that as naturally ingrained in them do you have any advice or any thoughts on what they can do to maybe build that up in themselves a little bit yeah. Um, basic thing is, I mean, and I see, I see a lot of it, you know, dealing with, uh, I teach, you know, young kids anywhere from ages five and up to adults. I mean, um, and a lot of times I think sometimes it can be even as far as like a, a bit of like a confidence, right. And it's just, just having that belief in yourself, just believe in yourself that, you know, you know, the human body and the human brain is so amazing. And what you can achieve is just having that inner self belief, you know, trust that, you know, yeah. Hey, I wasn't always great. I couldn't do all the jump flashy spin kicks right off the bat. You know, you know how many times I jumped span and fell on my head and landed on my, you know, so many times. And it's, you know, um, it's just sticking with it. Just, just keep trying. Don't 
don't just give up just because the first time it didn't, it didn't look like the way, you know, it did in the video or, or the way your instructor did it. But think about, Hey, that guy has been doing it for so many years. Like that guy's failed at it more times than you've even tried it. So just sticking with it. Don't be so quick to just, ah, I'm not good at it. No good. I'm, I'm going to, you know, yeah. Well, I think that's like, that's one big one I want to jump back on is if you're watching a video of somebody performing a skill that you're trying to perform, they didn't just wake up one morning knowing how to do that. Right. And I think that's something that it's really easy to lose, especially in the world of social media that we live in now, right. Where you see all, all you see is the highlight. You always see, you know, the hockey player scoring that beautiful behind the net goal where the puck comes up on the stick and then he roofs it over the goalie. Like, that's 20 years in the making or that's 15 years in the making. Like he didn't just strap on a pair of skates and know how to do that. Or you see those spinning kicks, even on your feed. If anybody hasn't seen them before Reaper row MMA, go check it out. He's got some pretty wild stuff on there. Uh And like, you didn't just wake up one morning and go, I think I'm going to throw a spinning, you know, spinning hook kick and then know how to do it. Like that takes years to develop that skill. So if you're watching it, if you're seeing those highlights, I love what you said there. Don't get discouraged. Like keep at it and keep working. Yeah. I even, uh, it's actually funny last night I was, when I was doing my bag workout, I, uh, was working on some different, uh, spin kicks and jump spin kicks. And, um, I actually, there's one in there. I completely missed the bag and kick the stand and fall. And, and as soon as that happened, I got up and I threw 50 off that leg. I was like, no, now it's, that's just, okay. I, I missed, I made a mistake. Now it's time to correct it. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of work that again is the stuff that a lot of people out there aren't willing to do, right. They're not willing to take that mistake, correct it, and then correct it 50 more times just to really make sure. And the other to kind of touch on, as well as, um, every, like you said, you know, you, the social media, you see all the highlights, the highlight reel, you know, but to really take a step back and, you know, okay, focus on the basics of your sport as well. Like the basics being fantastic at the basics are the ones that are, you know, that's, what's going to get you to the high level, not the, you know, the spinorama, you know, backhand bar down shot that yeah yeah great no don't get me wrong they're, they're gorgeous looks amazing looks if phenomenal i can't do it though if you can't skate backwards yeah. though that i don't think you're pulling that off in a game <laughs> no exactly it's the same as you know just a basic like I'll, I'll have days where i'll just come in and i'll throw the timer on for three minutes and i'll just sit there and work jab just jab that's it i'll throw a hundred jabs and with three minutes you know and i'm just constantly just working the basics. You can never be good enough at the basics. Yeah. I think that's a huge one. And for anybody listening right now, listen to that one again, because again, that's, you know, whether you're a fighter and you're trying these, you know, fancy spinning kicks and all of that kind of stuff, like, like he said, and you'll hear commentators in the UFC or boxing, you know, showtime commentators in boxing, always talking about that. It's like, it's the fundamentals. It's your ability to stay behind your jab. It's your ability to slip and move. It's these basic things that you need to be able to do that are going to win you fights. If you have those cool flashy moves that end up on the highlight reel, that's awesome. But <laughs> if you don't know how to do the basics, you're probably not going to put yourself in a position to use one of those moves anyway. Of course. Yeah, man, I love that. And then can you talk a little bit, you know, obviously you've achieved some pretty incredible things already in martial arts. What goes into preparing for a competition for you? I know you love to train and I know you love to compete, but when you know you're going to a world championship or something like that, what's going into, you know, the months coming up to that. And then even, you know, that week and that day, how do you get yourself ready so that you're in the mental state to step in there in the best position possible? Yeah. Um, like you just said it, the, the mental state, um, that's so huge. Um, even, uh, over the weekend being, a, you know, those two, uh, the unified MMA event and the BTC MMA event up in Edmonton at the river Cree, um, just even, you know, even though I was supposed to fight, but you know, didn't work out, uh, but still being able to be there and you just see, 
the mental aspect of it. And for me, even in the lead up to before my fight got pulled, I do a lot of visualization. I do a lot of mental visualization. I'll put my earphones in. I'll, I'll just sit and, or even uh, come down in my basement and, and just visualize different situations, both positive and negative outcomes, but always more positive than negative. But you have to mentally prepare yourself for, hey, you know, this situation can arise, this situation can arise, and how do we respond to that? You know, how do I, you know, for, okay, let's say, for instance, when I, in 2011, when I went to the uh, WKC World Championships in Spain, um, a lot of times with point fighting, I will, you know, okay, what happens if I end up three points down? You know, how do I keep the composure to not get frustrated, not, you know, lose my cool? Because in a sport of fighting, the moment you lose your head, everything goes out the window. You know, everybody always says, well, why don't you just get angry? Just get angry. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. You know, a calm, cool, collected mind that can think through any situation is so much more powerful than somebody who comes in running off pure emotion. Well, and you got to think too, just off that, like a simple thought, right? It's like when you get angry, think about how tense and how frustrated and like just aggressive you want to be man, even if you do get angry and you throw a few good shots, like you're going to tire yourself out immediately. And then you're going to like, things are just going downhill from there. Yeah. You watch some of the, the best fighters are the most composed are the most calm composed fighters. They get in there and they look, they just, it looks like they're just playing. Like it just looks like they're having fun. Right. And, and that's a big part too, is in that preparation is don't, um, don't get too, too high or too low on yourself. Stay level-headed right in the middle. Um, I mean, yeah, we see in the sport of MMA now there's, you know, the, the trash talk and the, you know, the, the social media banter and stuff like that is at an all-time high. But, but behind the scenes, I mean, you know, um, you just – you don't let yourself get too high and you don't let yourself get too low and just stay, stay the course, just, you know, keep focused on what your goal is and mentally just keep yourself there and understand that, I mean, you know, in the sport, there, unfortunately, there's a winner and there's not a winner. And, you know, being as much as, as competitive I, as I am, and trust me, I hate losing more than I like winning, but it's, you know, you, you still, you, uh, you, uh, win with respect and you lose with respect and you're always, um, at the end of the day, there's always a respect for your, your opponents and things like that. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, like I want to touch on a couple of things that you said there. One was I found it interesting that you're visualizing the negative outcomes too, because I feel like, again, we're in a mm-hmm. bit of a culture now where it's positivity over everything all the time. Right. And like, whether it's just in everyday life, like something bad happens to you and Oh, just find the bright side. And as much as I am a big believer that you always want to learn from these negative things that happen to you, it's okay sometimes just to feel it, but even to look at this and say like, you're visualizing anything and everything you're visualizing things that go wrong, visualizing things that go right. Was there any reason that you started doing both or was that just always natural to you that like, Hey, it's a, it's a contest. There's possibility that I can go down and I need to think about what I'm going to do in that position too. Totally. That, that, and that was the number one thing. I mean, um, in the sport of full contact martial arts, I mean, there's always that chance that, you know, that shot lands and you're going to be rocked. And you, you know, if you've, and fortunately enough, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately enough, you know, I've been in those positions in training where, you know, I like to, I like to bring in guys that will take me to dark places and, and put me in positions that, uh, where I know what that feels like. And um, for me, visualizing, okay, what happens if I get wrong? What happens if I end up in, you know, an arm bar or a choke or whatever? What happens, you know, if I get knocked out and I, I wake up on the mat? You know, what happens from there? How do I handle that myself? 
And um, that's a huge, um, it's a mental strength thing for me because I can think about that and mentally vision that, but then go close the door on that and be like, no, okay. We know how we're going to handle that if this opportunity, if this is what happens, if this outcome turns this way, but we can control only what we can control. And that's what I'm focused on is controlling what I can control and doing what I can do best to make sure that the outcome is as positive as can be. Yeah. And what I like about that too, it just sort of came to me now is I think too, if you're visualizing, you know, especially things as bad as getting knocked out or getting caught in one of those submissions or these things that obviously in the sport of of, uh, mixed martial arts are the worst things that can happen to a fighter it kind of takes the fear away, right? It's like, obviously you don't want that to happen, but if you thought about it and you know how you're going to handle it, then if it ever, you're not scared of it when you're going into the cage or you wouldn't be as much. And again, not that I've been in that position, but I feel like that would just sort of remove that. Like, Oh my God, what if I get knocked out? It's like, well, if I get knocked out, I know exactly how I'm going to handle that. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It happens to the best of them. It yeah. And then, the best can, of them. and then you can handle it better. So at that point you're going in knowing that if the worst is, if the worst happens, I'm going to be okay. So let's just fight my fight and let's not worry about what if a negative outcome comes out. Yeah. The more, and, and that's kind of touched on, you know, I, like I said, I do envision some of the negative outcomes yeah. that can happen, but, but staying more focused on the positives as well, because I mean, yeah, yeah if you're going into that thing, you're standing in the ring of the cage or, or if you're, playing hockey and you're out on the ice and you're thinking about, you know, that big D man that's going to crush you. Well, I guess what's going to happen. You're probably going to get crushed. Oh yeah, of course. It was more, I was more thinking of that just because again, I haven't heard too many people talk about visualizing the negative side of things too. Right. So obviously I know you want to stay focused on the positive. You don't want to be sitting there going, okay, I'm probably going to get knocked out tonight. Like, <laughs> but I exactly, like to have all of those pieces in your mind to know how you're going to handle it. Then you know that. And again, like, like Mike said, this can cross over to any other sport as well. It's not just about, you know, fighting and getting knocked out. But if you're thinking about the negative things that might happen in your sport or in your competition, then, you know, you can just go in there and compete at your best. And you know, that, the sun's going to come up tomorrow and you're going to be okay. No matter how that goes, even if it doesn't go well. Totally. No, 100%. It's uh, yeah. Just staying, you know, and like I said, just going out there, having fun, doing your best and being positive, you know, and, and but competing at the same time, yeah. let, that, let that competitive side out compete. And then I wanted to ask you as well. So obviously you started in karate and then these tournaments that you were competing in were more point fighting and stuff in the beginning. How did the transition come? Was MMA kind of always the dream or how is that, how is that transition come for you? Yeah. Um, MMA has always been the dream. Uh, I'll never forget. My brother came over when I was like, eight or nine years old with the original UFC one DVDs and we're watching this and I'm like, this is nuts. Like who wants to do this? Right. And fast forward another year or so. And here I am nine, 10 years old ordering every pay-per-view with my mom and my dad watching, you know, the likes of Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, George St. Pierre, Matthews, you know, the list goes on. And as I grew inside, I'm like, I want to do that. That, that is where it's at. I want to do that. And the transition has kind of always been there. Um, at time, there's always, it seems like, you know, and, I don't like to, I'm not an excuses person, but it always seemed like, you know, when I make an effort to make that transition that something would kind of get in the way or something would kind of, you know, pull me back off that track. But then I've always managed for whatever reason, there's always something that's pulled me back. Um, and even, uh, even just recently I, uh, went through some personal things that, uh, I actually was ready to, walk away from it and, and just be done with it. And, you know, um, 
maybe, you know, still help out and train with other guys and stuff like that. But as far as competing myself, I was ready to walk away from it and give it all up. But, um, at the end of the day, it kind of found its way and pulled me back in and, you know, um, life has a funny way of, you know, gravitating you towards things that, you know, uh, maybe, you know, I'm not a big destiny person, but maybe this is something that I'm meant to do. And this is something I'm meant to be a part of. I mean, it's been a part of my life since day one, just about, and yeah, MMA has been the, the, the dream and the goal. And it finally feels like right now, the pieces and the parts are coming together. And, you know, even though it seems like nobody really wants to sign on that dotted line with me, but, uh, uh, it's coming. And, um, it, it just all these little pieces and things that are coming together from the outside. Um, and as well as like physically and mentally, I've never been more ready to get inside that cage and, um, and let, you know, some of my skills show that, you know, um, people have never seen there's, you know, even I know you and I work closely, uh, you being my strength and conditioning coach, um, you know, and I'm always, you know, every now and then sending you little video clips and stuff like that. But there's so many things that, you know, uh, that I bring over from different aspects of, you know, whether it be karate, you know, kickboxing now, you know, incorporating the jujitsu and the wrestling and, you know, um, and just my, I feel like I have this natural athletic ability as well that I feel like I can just, it's all, coming together and it's you know it's going to be an explosion that's all that's all i feel like it's going to be an explosion i can just i just yeah my intuition's telling me well and honestly man the thing too is i think just the way you put that of you know there were always kind of something that pulled you away and then something that kind of pulled you back i think everything happens for a reason right like there might have been something within the last few years that would have put you in in a fight at the wrong time and something might not have gone your way. It's like, but now, so it's been delayed, like, but you're going to get in there and it's going to be the right time to get in there. Cause I think that's like, that's a big part too, especially with a sport like fighting, you know, the mental side of things, the physical side of things, every piece of the puzzle has to be there. Like I've talked about it with a couple of the other fighters I work with before, you know, if you're in, if you're not in the best place mentally and you go out and play a hockey game, you make a couple of mistakes okay like you didn't have the great game shake it off come back next time you go out into a fight not in a great place mentally or not in a great place physically some pretty awful consequences can come out of that so i think it's you know again it's the right decision to take that time that you needed like work through those things you needed to work through and then let it happen when it's supposed to happen you know what i mean yeah if you're not there mentally and you're not in the right frame of mind uh you're gonna get hurt it's just, yeah. it's, there's, it's just plain and simple. I mean, yeah. Um, I classify, I mean, MMA is an extreme sport. It goes in along with, you know, like freestyle motocross, all these guys that are doing these wild, crazy things. And, you know, I look at those guys, I'm like, you're crazy, but <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Mentally. Yeah. If you're not there, you make one little mistake or your, your head's not in it. It's, you know, there's harsh consequences that can, you know, lead to you being severely hurt and you might, and then, you know, um, no sugarcoating things, but you might not ever be able to compete again if you're not there mentally. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think you're taking the right approach, you know, unfortunately, yeah, there have been some setbacks, but it's going to happen, but it's going to happen at the right time when all the pieces are in place. And that's the most important thing. I just wanted to take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Perfect Sports. One of my favorite products of theirs that I've tried so far is the chocolate peanut butter diesel New Zealand whey protein isolate. What's really cool is that it's an all-natural flavor, and I've confirmed that it's 100% peanut-free. In fact, their whole facility is peanut-free. Due to New Zealand's stringent laws regarding herbicides, pesticides, antibiotics, growth hormones, and GMO crops, as well as the ideal growing conditions in the country, diesel New Zealand whey isolate is as clean as protein can get. Coming from someone who has had difficulty digesting whey protein in the past, I can honestly say diesel is the best product I've ever used. Not only that, but diesel is also informed choice approved. This is the global standard of quality control in sport nutrition supplements. 
This program allows companies to show that they have gone through vigorous testing of their products for a wide range of substances banned in sport. If you are taking supplements, this is the way for you to know exactly what you are putting in your body without taking any additional risk. Another great thing about Perfect Sports is they give you 100% transparency with complete ingredient breakdowns on their website so you can see exactly what it is you are consuming. To check out Diesel and the rest of the top quality products that Perfect provides, check out www.perfectsports.com and use the code KENNY20 at checkout for 20% off all your orders. One thing I wanted to talk to you as well, just about your own personal experiences before we get into a little bit more of that uh, martial arts and the benefits that it can that they can provide so many athletes, whether they end up pursuing martial arts or other sports. This fight this past weekend, so for anybody listening who doesn't know, Mike was supposed to fight and make his MMA debut on Sunday this past week. Uh, unfortunately, things didn't work out. The opponent pulled out what, two days before, uh, two days before the fight happened. Yeah. One day before so obviously, especially with everything that's been going on, you've like, that's, that's not an easy thing to deal with. So especially as a fighter, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you deal with a setback like that, how you kind of get yourself past it. And then again, as you've done, get yourself refocused for the next one. Yeah. Um, that I found out Friday afternoon on my way, I literally was just about to Edmonton ready to start dropping the last few pounds to step on the scale the next morning. And yeah, I got the call fight had been pulled. Uh, my first emotion was I was angry. I was like, like really one day before we're supposed to step on the scales. Really? Um, secondly, uh, I mean, I mean, my, my first thought that went through my head is I'm like, you know, I got friends, family, uh, you know, old high school friends that were coming up to watch this. And I'm like, now these people have all bought tickets and they're, you know, mainly because I was fighting and now I'm not, you know, that was kind of my initial, um, but so I, on the way home, I, I took some time and just, uh, basically I had different people contacting me from my nutritionist to, you know, I was talking with yourself, um, to my co different coaches. And I took some time. And I just basically turned my phone off and, and I self-reflected on, you know, all the work that I put in. And basically I came out of it from a positive standpoint was, well, I'm not hurt. Nobody died. I'm in physically amazing shape. I can go, I could, you know, turn around and fight the next weekend. If there was an event, you know, I, uh, and realistically all that did was it basically put more gas in my tank. I just took it and was like, you know what, whatever, move on. Uh, and now I'm just like, I'm more, even more fueled. It's like, okay, now I'm, I, I went home, went back up for the weekend. It was the right thing to do. I had a, a teammate fighting Saturday night. Um, and then also still had some family and friends that were still going to the fight Sunday. So I went, you know, thought, you know what, I'm going to go do some, a little bit of, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of scouting work and see, you know, maybe something that might come up in the future. Um, there are and, uh, on there that, uh, that you might come across soon. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe some 35ers as well. We'll see how that goes. Um, uh, and, um, I had a chance to, you know, um, have some, uh, good conversation with different people in my team and different, uh, plan some different things. And I came back Sunday right after the card. I literally opened the, pushed the keypad into my house, tossed my bags in the door grabbed my gym stuff and went straight to the gym. I was like, okay, all right. Now I'm just, now you're just going to let me get in better shape, stronger, lighter. And it's just going to be worse. You're just making like more time you give me, the better I'm getting. I'm not sitting on the couch, you know, dwelling on that. I didn't get to fight. No boohoo. Poor me. Wondering when it's going to happen. Nope. Right back to it. Right. Yeah, I love um, it. And that's the I way mean, you handle it. 
it's it's tough obviously it's not it's never what you want to hear especially that close but that's the right way to handle it and uh so one thing i really want to get into with you as well is uh just what we were talking about right at the start the respect the discipline these benefits that martial arts provides because i think you know especially the world we're in right now a lot of kids coming up it's not that they're not willing to work hard at their sport they they want to play the sport they want to play it at a high level but I think a lot of the time, the thing that they might just be missing is those little elements of respect, taking things a little bit more seriously, discipline to, you know, not just take care of practicing, but taking care of their physical preparation, taking care of their nutrition, all these other elements that end up separating the top level athletes from the rest. Can you talk about like with your own experience and then just with martial arts in general, how you were sort of able to get those things locked in at such an early age and then maybe what some kids can do or take from you to start working on that if they don't have the same martial arts background to back them up. Yeah. Um, I credit a lot of my, um, I mean, starting it from a, such a young age, it becomes part of your, uh, your upbringing. Right. Um, so growing up for me, uh, my dad always worked away. Um, my, my mom retired when I was young and, um, she made sure that I got to all my classes and everywhere, but I credit a lot of that respect, discipline, and things that I was taught from my very first karate instructor, um, uh, master Lyle Cheney out of Red Deer. Um, he, I mean, right from the get-go, he, like I said, he was very traditional martial arts. So, I mean, you know, anybody that knows anything about traditional martial arts, that, that can be, it's trying, that's for sure. It's, it's tough. It, it isn't easy. Um, and I, I credit a lot of the person that I am today to him and, and the martial art as well. I mean, martial arts is hugely respect-based. I mean, you, you bow when you enter the train, you're, you know, dojo, if it's karate, you know, uh, for those of you that don't know, that's Japanese for, uh, karate training area. Um, and you know, you always, before matches, after matches, you always bow to your opponent, your, your classmate, you know, your, you, you respect all around to your classmates and your instructor. We always respond. We always, and even today when I'm teaching, um, I ask that all my students respond to me as, you know, when I ask if you understand something, you respond, yes, sir. No, sir. Um, I mean, there's times where I even respond like that to my parents because of the respect level that I have for my parents and, you know, for different people around me. And it, it, it also translates so much even into the workplace. I mean, you know, you're not just going to go into a workplace and have the corner office, with the view of New York, you know, if you're a lawyer or whatever, or whatever it may be. And, um, I think the, the way that translates into sport so heavily is, I mean, yeah, we're all competing and yeah, you know, there's some, you know, especially nowadays in the sport of MMA, there's a lot of, you know, banter and trash talk and things like that. But at the end of the day, um, once you, when you step in there with another man, or if you're um, female, another woman, there's a mutual respect there. There, you know, I have the utmost respect for somebody that's willing to get in there and do what we do in there. And it's the same as, you know, whether it's hockey, you know, you have the most utmost respect for the other guys that step on the ice. You know, it's, you're going to go out there, you're going to compete because you want to win, but their respect is there. And I think growing up, it, it just, it builds character and, and that character is so important. It's such an identity to who you are and um, the discipline to be able to, you know, I was bullied a lot when I was in junior high, high school. Um, I, I kind of chose a sport that was maybe not necessarily the, on the, um, you know, like the, uh, the typical list, you know, of hockey. Well, yeah, it was a little different, right? And um, I was bullied a lot because of that. But, you know, 
the discipline to just let it roll off your shoulder. You know, everyday things in life, you just let them roll off your shoulder. And, um, and having that being said, the respect for your coaches as well, because those are the people they're, they're only trying to help you. Right. Um, you know, they might sometimes, you know, uh, Hey, what do you, you know, what are you doing that? Right. But it's, they're just trying to help you. They want to see you succeed and be the best you can be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had to laugh with that one because the amount of times, even just in the gym where like I'll correct an exercise and usually once athletes are a little older, they understand. But you know, when I was working with more younger kids, I'd correct something in an exercise. I'd say, you know, push your hips back a little more. And the kid would turn and go, I am. I was like, well, then why would I tell you to do it more? Like, do you think I'm telling you to push your hips back because I find that fun? Like, no, yeah. I'm telling you to do that because you need to do it, and that's going to help you improve in the lift. And it just – so to hear you say, you know, the respect for the coaches because they're here to help you succeed – coaches want to win. And, you know, in my position, strength and conditioning coaches want their athletes to win. And so if we're telling you to do something, I guarantee there's a reason for it. And if you ask what the reason is and they don't have one, you got the wrong coach. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's I'm, I even, I get so tired of it. It's like, there's times where, you know, like when traditional karate and stances and things like that, it's like bend your knee. Then five, two minutes later, keep bend your knee. And finally, I'm just like, okay, go do push-ups. Like, if you don't, if you don't want to bend your knee, go do push-ups until you want to bend your knee. Like, I can guarantee you, bending your knee is easier than doing push-ups. You'd think so, right? But yeah, not always. Um, <laughs> and so I wanted to ask you. So obviously, with a martial arts background, these things are instilled in you just through the instructors, through the classes, through the lessons that you're learning. If a kid's maybe growing up in a position where they're not doing martial arts so they don't have that maybe as instilled in them is there a way that you find like they can develop that kind of character on their own or things that maybe parents or other influential people in these kids lives obviously i don't want you to speak on a parent's behalf not having kids but just like for if you're somebody in a position that you can influence kids even other coaches what can we be doing to be able to help instill those pieces and those in the kids as they're growing up right and yeah um i think like for one thing i mean we always know like respect is is earned it's not you know just given um and that that typically um i'm basically you know for young kids coming up it's you know just if you want something work for it you know and, and you're gonna get that respect from from different people. And I mean, you know, um, from a, a standpoint of, yeah, like, you know, I, again, I don't want to speak on the behalf of parents or whatever, but you know, um, when you, you know, as of parenting and things like that, it's, you know, I even still today, um, you know, my dad and I, we have this mutual respect that, you know, I still, he's, the man, like I still, you know, Hey, you raised me, you, you know, that, that respect is there. Um, and you know, I was, when I did something wrong, I got disciplined, you know, and that, that just comes along with that, that healthy respect. Right. Um, yeah. I classified my parents as, you know, some of my best friends, but at the same time, there's still that, that, uh, parental respect that's there. And, and from a, a coaching standpoint, um, look, Hey, I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm here to do my job and help you learn. Yeah. We're probably going to develop a relationship. Of course. Um, where it's a coach or other problem coach, student, coach. Yeah. Relationship, but understand that, Hey, like I'm not your best friend. I'm not here to, you know, this isn't play time or whatever. We're here to do a job. I'm here to help you. And if you want to work for it and you want to earn it, then you'll have my respect in return. It's like, Hey, I always explain to my students. I'm like, I will help you. And I will go to the ends of the world to teach you and help you learn whatever it is that you want to learn. But you have to show me the will to want to learn and that you're trying. One of the things that I don't, I just, that frustrates me is when I can see somebody say, well, I don't get it. I don't get it. And they're not trying. 
That's the big one too. I love that you said that because again, that's something that I know I've even noticed in my own business strength and conditioning over the last couple of years is I've really come to the point of instead of trying to please everybody and being, you know, the perfect coach for every person that walks through the door, I understand that it's like, I'm here to work with athletes. You don't have to be the best athlete in the world. You don't have to be, you know, the top of your top level player or whatever, but you got to show me that you want to improve. If you're here to screw around, if you're here for, you know, just kind of, Oh, I want to lift a couple of weights and then go over there. And like, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong gym. And it used to bug me so much when an athlete would leave. And then I realized, you know what? I'm here for a very specific kind of person. I'm here for a very specific kind of desire. And if I care more about your training than you do, that's an issue. And obviously there can be days that the athletes need to be pushed a little bit more. And I'm like you said, I'm there to go to the ends of the earth, but you've got to show me you want it. And if you're not showing me you want it, what are we doing here? <laughs> right. And, and to kind of, you know, there also has to be that some sort of an inner passion as well. I mean, um, you have to, I mean, it's going to be hard for you to try if you don't like it or you're, you're not passionate about it. And that's a real big thing. I mean, if you're passionate about it, I mean, Hey, I, I look at a day to day. I could be, you know, listening to a song and there could be a lyric in that song. And all of a sudden I'll just be lit up with goosebumps. And I'm just like, uh, and I'm all of a sudden, I'm just like, okay, I need to go hit the heavy bag or I need to go do this because I just love it that much. Or I can, you know, throw on a, a, you know, UFC fight and I can sit there. I don't just watch fights to watch them. I'm sitting there, you know, Oh, oh I see what he did there. I see in that comment. Ah, I, I get it right. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, critiquing and just picking things that I can do about it because that's how passionate I am about it. And I think for kids, it's like find a sport that you're passionate about, you know, one that you, you like and you, you have fun with. And the biggest thing is if you're having fun with it, you are going to try harder and you're going to try harder without really even noticing it. Next thing you know, you're, you know, you're doing things better than you were before and you're achieving things further than you would have with something that, you know, you're miserable doing. Well, and the funny thing, like just off of what you said there, you know, I know something that, that, cause I think that translates to anything as well, because I know that's something that I run into all the time with my own job. Cause you know, we talk a lot about this stuff and you know, like the same sort of idea you have with martial arts, of like always kind of wanted to try something new or do that little bit extra. I'm the same way with strength and conditioning. There's just something about it that always has me wanting to do more. And, you know, the amount of times where I almost forget that this is what I do for a living and not just a fun thing I get to go do, you know? And it's like people talk about their jobs and having to go to work. And I almost forget that when I wake up in the morning and drive to the gym, Oh, right. That's going to work. Like, and just having that kind of love and that kind of passion for it is going to be what drives you through, tougher days, long days. Cause again, being an athlete is a difficult path. It's a difficult thing to actually achieve, but if you love it the way you do, well, those difficult days don't seem that difficult because you still get to do something you really enjoy. Right? No. And I mean, like for instance, I'm full-time heavy duty mechanic. And I mean, my days right now, since Monday, I'm up at four o'clock in the morning doing fasted cardio breakfast work all day home, go get my lift in, home, hit the bed, have supper. Then what? It's bedtime. You know, it's it's all about, it's, you know, how bad do you want it? You know, how bad, you know, how passionate are you about it? Is it something you're you're just doing for fun? Yeah, that's great. Hey, that's fine. If you're doing it for fun, that is fine. By all means. But if you're doing something, you know, where you want to make it a career or you want to, turn it into something more than just, just the, you know, uh, kind of beer league mentality and just for fun, then that's what you have to do. There's sacrifices that come along with it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I see my friends, I see them, you know, out having fun and, you know, going here and going there. I see that, but I have to make those sacrifices if this is what I really want. And I think, um, and, and that translates just into life in general. I mean, even if it's not sports, whatever it may be, if it's something that you want to do, there's going to be sacrifices along the way that you have to make. Yeah, man, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's, 
I think that's a really great message for anybody out there. Cause obviously it is tough sometimes to, you know, look at your friends going out to that party on Friday or, you know, watching what they've been doing, especially now, you know, you see it all over Instagram or Snapchat or whatever else. And you totally. see the fun times and like, you know, you know, you were in bed at 10 o'clock the night before, and then you're seeing all of this stuff. Yeah, it can get difficult, but that comes down to exactly what you said. How badly do you want it? What are you willing to put into it to make sure that, five years from now, they're all sitting around on Saturday night, tuning into your fight. And totally. 100%. 100%. They're the ones buying the pay-per-view and I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it's like, it's, it's hard to sacrifice in the moment, but if you're thinking that long term and you're thinking about, you know, obviously this is one very specific example, but if you're thinking about that day where they're all looking at you going, Oh man, you know, like, this whole time that we were partying and we were going, oh, Mike's no fun. Look what he's turned into. <laughs> well, you know, for an example, I've even, you know, in the last three weeks, you know, my my life has really transitioned and really changed. I mean, I, I've even noticed, you know, the, some of the, you know, maybe, you know, I'm very active on social media and stuff like that. Some of the attention and stuff that I get and different people are like, wow, like you're lucky. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. I work for this. Like I I've been busting my ass for this. Like, so yeah, that one always gets me too. I know, like I've been told a couple of times, you know, you're lucky to do what you do for a living. And I go, really? <laughs> That's interesting. Like, you know, I did it for seven years for free. Nobody thought I was lucky then. And then, uh, you know, the first three years I was in the industry, I was making less than a thousand dollars a month and trying to survive. Nobody thought I was lucky then, but yeah, now okay, I'm lucky. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I love that man. Where I think that's a fantastic spot to end off. But keeping the goal of the show in mind, you know, teaching younger athletes what it takes beyond just being skilled at a sport to truly create a successful career. Do you have any anything that you feel like we missed? Anything that you feel like you want to touch on a little bit more? Um, just don't. Um. You know, I, I read a quote today and I even shared it on my, uh, my story. And it was like, um, doubt kills more dreams than failure. Don't be afraid to try and, and fail and keep trying again. If you, if it's something that you want to do and you're passionate about it, and you love it and you want to go after it. Don't let anybody tell you that, Oh, well, you know, you can't do that. Or you can't do this. Don't be afraid to try either. You know, don't be afraid to, you know, you know, believe in yourself, believe it, you know, that, that kind of that law of attraction. And, you know, that's a prime example that I'll use is, you know, um, I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan and, you know, he, you know, he just had so much belief in himself. Just believe in yourself. And if there's something you want to do, go after it. Don't let, you know, the, the, you know, norm or, whatever somebody thinks that the society norm is in this world, um, which I don't even know what that is right now, <laughs> but uh, That's it's, it's wild. Um, but go after it, you know, don't be afraid. Yeah. You know, there's that, that chance that you might not make it, but you know what I would, from me speaking personally, I would rather try and not make it than be 50, working at a nine to five still trying to make enough so that I can retire and going, Hmm, I really wish I would have done this or I wish I would have done that. Just, just go after it. Whatever it is that you dream and you're passionate about, go after it. I love that message. Cause man, the amount of times I uh, got the time of this recording, I've released 67 episodes of this show and probably 35 times I've heard that exact message in one fashion or another of, you know, I'd rather put everything I had into it and not make it to that level that I wanted than be the 50 year old sitting at the bar, having his beer going, Oh, I, you know, I was a stud in college or like, you know, that guy wondering like, what if I had just worked a little bit harder? And cause I think that's just it, right? You don't want to be, 50, 60 years old sitting back going, man, how much better could my life have been if I just worked harder at it? Totally. And what position would I be in if I hadn't given up after I, you know, missed that, missed that spinning kick that I tried for the 15th time and then decided martial arts weren't for me. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I no, think that's a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal message. Yeah. Uh, no, of course. 
Well, Mike, I just want to say thanks again for coming on the show. I know we've been uh, planning this one for a little while, so I'm glad we were finally able to make this happen. And uh, as much as it sucked not being able to get to see you fight next last weekend, got to say I'm pumped and I'm ready. I'm ready for the day we get to finally see you step into the cage. Coming soon. Coming soon. I can't, I can't say too much, but coming soon. Coming soon. I love it, man. Well, and for everybody else out there listening, this has been another episode of the Elite Development Podcast with Mike Rowe and Kenny Dusso. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I would greatly appreciate if you subscribed and left a review for the show. As well, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaways were from the episode. My contact info is linked below. Send me a message and let me know what you thought. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Dusso. Thank you again and see you next time.